Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. Praise God. Go with me once again to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Once again, this is Bible study night, and we are going to part two of the book of Judges. So I'm so glad that you're with us tonight. For all those who are watching live on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and on Faith Plus and on FCCGA.com. Also, all those who are watching via replay and all those who are listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thank you for joining us for our Bible study night. And so when we study Old Testament books, it's important that we understand why we study the Old Testament and why we study the Old Covenant. Now, we understand you'll hear me say, you heard me say a lot in part one, you hear me say a lot today, and you hear me say a lot in the future. We are not under the Old Covenant, but there's so many things we can learn from the Old Covenant, and I pointed out those three things last week, and I'm going to repeat them today. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Verse 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, said, Now all these happened to them, them talking about those who lived in Old Covenant, specifically Israel, as examples. And they were written for our admonition. And we said the word admonition means authoritative counsel or warning. The word admonition means authoritative counsel or warning. So all these things were written for our authoritative counsel or warning upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man, but God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So number one, we said we can learn what to do and what not to do from the successes and mistakes of the judges. Number one, we said we can learn what to do and what not to do from the successes and mistakes of the judges. There are some hard lessons in this book. And as you'll hear me share later tonight, this book is actually a tragedy. There are some hard lessons from this book. And it will behoove all of us to avoid the mistakes we see made in this book, made by some of the judges and made some by the children of Israel as a whole or as regional groups. Go with me to Romans chapter 15, verse 4. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. We're going to look in the NIV this time. Welcome for all those who are just logging in. Romans chapter 15, verse 4. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Number two, we can and should learn patient endurance from the judges. As we study this book, we can receive encouragement and hope. Now go with me to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32. We're going to look at it this time from the New Living Translation. It says, How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. So number three, we can and should learn from the faith of the judges. We can and should learn from the faith of the judges. We said before that Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah were judges, and we can learn from their faith. And a little bit later on, I'll share about Samuel as well. Let's go to Judges 
chapter 2. Judges chapter 2. A tad bit more review, and this time we'll go to verse 11 and begin where we left off. Judges chapter 2. Verse 11. And I encourage you, if you missed part 1, we laid such a foundation, and that brief review is just literally a brief review of over 30 minutes of material that we covered. So I encourage you to go and watch it on our Faith Plus app or our YouTube channel and get the notes we provided as well. Judges chapter 2, verse 11. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. Now, notice the Baals is plural. And actually, as you studied out, there were multiple Baals. There was a chief figure, but there are multiple Baals depending on the region, on the area. And maybe I'll get more on the Baals in this study or another study. But they began to serve the Baals, which were the regional gods of the Canaanite people. And they forsook, notice that phrase, they forsook them. They left them. They turned on the Lord God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. And they followed other gods from the gods of the people who were all around them, and they bowed down to them. So what happened? They began to live like everybody else around them. And they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Ashtoreths. So what can we glean from this sad turn of events? It is important to pass down a heritage of faith and help the next generation develop a personal relationship with God. When we talked about this word no, we said this generation did not know God in the way that Joshua and his generation knew God. They did not have that relationship with him. They didn't have that revelation of him. They didn't have that understanding of him. They have an insight into who he was or his ways. In addition, they didn't know their history. They did not know, the scripture says, they did not know the miracles God did for them from Egypt to the present day. So that, was our, that led us to reflection question number two last week, which is what are you doing to help the next generation develop a personal relationship with Jesus and understand his miracle working power? What are you doing to help the next generation develop a personal relationship with Jesus and understand his miracle working power? Now concerning the Baals, as we mentioned last week, they, Baal was a Canaanite weather god and the supreme male deity of the Canaanites and the Phoenicians. According to archaeological finds, Baal took the shape of a bull or ram and had associations with rain, production, and fertility. According to Canaanite mythology, Baal defeated the previous chief god and had associations with sun and thunder. Sadly, of all the foreign gods that the Israelites came into contact with throughout their history, they appeared to struggle with the worship of Baal the most. Baal worship at times included many immoral practices, but the chief immoral and evil practice among Baal worship was sometimes child's sacrifice. They would sacrifice children in order to appease Baal. Also, Ashtoreth, mentioning, because she was mentioned here, was according to Canaanite mythology, a mother goddess figure. Now, the Israelites knew the Lord. They knew of him is a better way to say it but they didn't have a personal relationship with him and did not know anything about him. They followed the influence of the culture around them. They backed away from their yes to the one true God and began to worship false gods. So what do we say we can glean from this? When we do not maintain a personal relationship with Jesus and are not people who read, meditate, and study the Bible, we are open to deception and can fall to the lies of the culture. Now, what was their result of them forsaking God? According to their covenant, they were heading to serious defeat. Judges 2 shares that God handed them over to the enemies and their enemies raided them, oppressed them, and dominated them.
Now let's look at Judges chapter 2, verse 11 and 13. Judges chapter 2, verse 11 through 13. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers who brought them out of the land of Egypt. And they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them and they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord and served their Baal and Asherahs. Now, one of the things that makes it very clear in the scripture what would be the consequences if they did that? God told them about this in Leviticus and in Deuteronomy. It was repeated. Joshua repeated it to them. This is what's going to happen if you make this decision to live like the culture around you. Now, let's go on to verse 14. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. So he delivered them into the hands of plunderers who despoiled them. And he sold them into the hands of the enemies all around so they could no longer stand before the enemies. What happened? He, no, he wasn't fighting for them anymore. He wasn't giving them strength anymore. And so they are vulnerable to the enemies and the enemies conquered them. It says, wherever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity as the Lord had said, or in one translation, as the Lord has sworn unto them. And they were greatly distressed. Now, what was this? Remember, they are under covenant. Come on, say it out loud and put in the chat, say covenant. Well, say it out loud and put on the chat. Say covenant. Covenant is important. We really don't understand covenant in terms of covenant today. That's, you know, although we're a litigious society, covenants don't mean much to us. When you think about the word covenant, we may think about an HOA association. But with the word covenant was a big deal, especially in old times. And their terms of their covenant specifically let this, it was specific, it was clear. It wasn't, you know, hidden anywhere. It was clear that if you leave God, and follow other gods, you will face utter defeat. It was clearly spelled out that they would be miserably defeated. This is what was included in what is known as the curse of the law. Utter miserable defeat at the hand of the enemies was spelled out under the curse of the law. And so this is what happened. Now let's look at verse 16, which we ended on last week. It says, nevertheless, or but, the Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Now let's go to the next verse, verse 17. Yet they would not listen to their judges. Before we go on, don't think about our courtroom judge. These judges were mil military and political leaders. Think about like tribal chieftains. These who these judges were. Verse 17, yet they would not listen to their judges, but they played the harlot with other gods and bowed down to them. They turned quickly, man, notice this, they turned quickly from the way which their fathers walked in, obeying the commandments of the Lord. They did not do so. Although God raised judges to deliver them, they eventually stopped listening to what their judges instructed them to do. Let that sink in. Although God in his mercy raised up judges to deliver them. They're in this situation because of their sin, their decisions, their lifestyle, their stupidity, everything they did. They're in this situation. Yet God raises up judges to deliver them. And they eventually stopped listening to their judges and listening to what the judges instructed them to do. Verse 18 says, and when the Lord raised up the judges, 
for them. The Lord was with the judge and delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed them and harassed them. He was moved to pity. That word pity actually means compassion. The message version says it this way. When God was setting up judges for them, he would be right there with the judge. He would save them from their enemies' oppression as long as the judge was alive. For God was moved to compassion when he heard their groaning because of those who afflicted and beat them. But when the judge died, the people went right back to their old ways. But even worse, notice a phrase, even worse than their parents, running after other gods, serving and worshiping them, stubborn as mules, they didn't drop a single evil practice. Wow. Let that sink in. The consequences of their utter unfaithfulness was not only experiencing defeat, but they would not fully possess the land that God had made available and promised to them. How do we know that? Let's read verses 19 through verse 23, and we'll read it this time in the New King James. It says, and it came to pass when the judge was dead that they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers by following other gods to serve them and bow down to them. They did not cease from their own doings nor from their stubborn way. Then the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. And he said, because this nation has transgressed my covenant, remember covenant, that's the key, which I commanded their fathers and has not heeded my voice, I also will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died so that through them I may test Israel whether they will keep the ways of the Lord to walk in them as their fathers kept them or not. Therefore, the Lord left those nations without driving them out immediately, nor did he deliver them into the hand of Joshua. The consequences of their utter unfaithfulness was not only experiencing defeat, but they would not fully possess the land that God had made available to them and promised to them. They were limited and contain. Come on, put in the chat, say limited and contain. Say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say limited and contain. And for those of you who may be listening while you're driving or you're listening on the podcast and you're traveling, don't try to take notes right now. I have notes available for you that you can find on this broadcast. However you're listening, via podcast or Faith Plus, you'll be able to find it in the app as well as in the notes section. But for those of you taking notes, write down in your notes, your separate notes, whether it's on your device, your book, they were limited and contained. Joshua started the progression into the promised land, but now we see why it did not continue throughout the book of Judges. This leads me to reflection question number four. You know, I, last week we gave you three re reflection questions and I have a couple for you tonight. Reflection question number four that I want you to answer for yourself. Are there areas in your life where you are currently contained because you are not doing as God instructed you to do? Are there areas in your life where you are currently limited, currently contained, because you are not doing as God instructed you to do? I'll say it again. Reflection question number four. Once again, these are my notes. Are there areas in your life where you are currently contained because you are not doing as God has instructed you to? Think about this. Are there areas in your life where you are currently contained because you 
are not doing as God instructed you to. Although we are not under their covenant, it is important to examine our own lives to see if there are areas where we are missing it, which in turn are causing us to miss out on God's best for our lives. The book of Judges presents several stories that are not always chronological. A number of these studies, because this book of Judges covers between 300 to 400 years. The book of Judges presents several stories that are not always chronological. A number of these stories are overlapping because they deal with different areas of the promised land. This is covering multiple hundred years, the time of the Judges, when we go from the end of Joshua's life to Samuel and the beginning of Saul's reign. I'll tell you why that's important later in the study. This covers multiple hundreds of years. And when you read through it, when we read with a modern day reading, we think, okay, well, this chapter one and chapter two, they happen. And then chapter three is automatically next and chapter four is right after that. But judges are not always a chronological reading that you're reading things that happen. But one of the things you have to understand that these stories are not always chronological. And a number of these stories are overlapping because they deal with different areas of the promised land, different areas of Israel. Israel, this is a large territory. This, there are 12 different tribes. They're in different regions. Remember, even some of the judges are said are like regional or tribal chieftains. They look over a certain area. Even when you study that there are different attacks from the Moabites and others, they're from different areas surrounding Israel, some from the south, some from the east, some from different places. So when we're reading through this book and studying this book, know that it's not always chronological. And also some of these stories are overlapping but these things are telling us the same thing over and over and over again. And one of the things is the book of Judges is a tragedy. The book of Judges is a tragedy. Go ahead and put that, put that in your notes. Put that in the comment. I want this to sink in. The book of Judges is a tragedy. It shows the blessed Israel's descent into becoming just like the Canaanite nations around them. Like we briefly talked about, you know, from Gilgal to Bochum was a lot from the promising start we talked about last week to weeping, that's a lot. But where they were at weeping in Bochum is nothing compared to where they're going to be throughout this book. The book of Judges is a tragedy. It shows the blessed Israel's descent into becoming just like the Canaanite nations around them. They became just as violent, just as wicked, just as immoral. They were just like the other Canaanites. Notice this verse before mentions that we looked at and I had emphasized that they became even worse than the previous generation of the parents who sinned. It's a downward cycle. It's a spiral. They keep getting worse and worse and worse. In the Old Testament and in the New Testament, so both old and new, God has always called his people to live different. So go ahead, say it out loud and put it in the chat and put it in your notes because I want you to be taking notes as we go through this Bible study. Go ahead, put it in your notes, say it out loud, put it in that chat. Say, God has called me to live different. Say it out loud, put it in your notes, put it in the chat. Say, God has called me to live different. One more time, say, God has called me to live different. In the Old and New Testament, God has always called his people to live different, to live set apart. Set apart, another way to say set apart is sanctified or holy. That's what the word holy means. It means set apart. It's set apart for a specific purpose. 
In spite of all that God did for Israel, they began to live like the other Canaanite nations, and they began to worship their gods. The book of Judges, especially the last few chapters, whew, the book of Judges, especially those last few chapters, are very disturbing. I'm going to give you a heads up now. They are very disturbing, very graphic, very tra tragic. They're horrific, these last few chapters especially. Why? That's the point. That's the point. The book of Judges, especially in the last few chapters, are very disturbing, which is the entire point. Why? The last verse of this book explains why. So let's skip ahead. We'll come back. Judges 21, 25, the last verse of the book explains why. Judges chapter 21, verse 25. Judges 21, verse 25. In those days, there were no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. Let me say that again. Judges 21, verse 25. In those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. The NIV says it this way. In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. The message version says it this way. At that time, there was no king in Israel. People did whatever they felt like doing. People did whatever. Ever, notice, whatever, whatever they felt like doing. This verse is repeated multiple times, three different times in the book of Judges. And it shows why all these disturbing things happened in Israel, especially those last three chapters. And why they were continually conquered and why they continually faced judgment. You know, Proverbs 14, 12 says this way. Turn there with me. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. They did whatever is right to them. And what was the result? Death. Go with me to Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Let's look at this. Let's put our eyes on this. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. Some of these lessons we see in the book of Judges are very sobering. Romans chapter 6, verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank God. But read it again. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Although we are not under the old covenant, Romans 6, 23 makes it very clear that even now, even though we're not under an old covenant, sin and sinful lifestyles produce death. Although we live in 2022, sin and sinful lifestyles still produce death. Go ahead, put it in your notes, put it in the chat. It's not... Uh, May not be a comment or a note that makes you want to shout or run or jump or do a backflip, but it's still true anyhow. Sin and sinful lifestyles produce death. Say it with me and put it in the chat and put it in your notes. Sin and sinful lifestyles produce death. This is explaining. This is the law of sin and death. It's explaining what's going on in Israel at that time. In addition 
to the consequence of them violating their covenant. This is what's going on. They have sown to the flesh, as the scripture says, and of the flesh they are reaping corruption. This is what's going on throughout the book, and it gets worse and worse and worse and more and more and more disturbing, even though God keeps raising up judges to deliver them because he had compassion on them. And so one of the things, let's go back to Judges chapter 2 as we begin to bring this to a close. Judges chapter 2, start with verse 18 and we'll read it once again in the message version. Judges chapter 2, verse 18. When God was setting up judges for them, he would be right there with the judge. He would save them from their enemy's oppression as long as the judge was alive. For God was moved to compassion when he heard their groaning because of those who afflicted and beat them. But when the judge died, the people went right back to their old ways, but even worse than their parents, running after other gods, serving and worshiping them. Stubborn as mules, but they didn't drop a single evil practice. The end of Judges chapter two reveals the cyclical nature of the book. It shows the whole book is a cycle, it's a circle. The end of Judges chapter 2 reveals the cyclical nature of the book. It shows the whole book is a cycle. It's a circle. Here's the cycle. Sin, oppression, repentance, deliverance, peace. And then they would sin and they'd be oppressed. They would repent. They'd be delivered. They would have peace. And then they would sin. They would be oppressed. They would repent. They would be delivered and they'd have peace. And notice it wasn't just one sin. They would completely forsake God. When I'm talking about sin, they would completely forsake God and his ways. They completely turned away from God. They began to worship other gods. And then they'd be oppressed by their enemies. They would, in the midst of the oppression, they would repent. They would be delivered. They would experience peace and prosperity and provision and all the good things under the blessing of the law. And then they would turn away from God. They'd worship other gods. They'd live like the Canaanites. They'd be oppressed by the Canaanites. Then in the midst of their oppression, they would repent. And as they repented, God would deliver them. And remember, as long as the judge was alive, they served God. But not too long after the judge died, they began to go after Canaanite ways. In the midst of peace, they began to turn. And once again, they'd face oppression. It just kept happening again and again and again. It's a cycle. But one of the things who study the book of Judges, it's not just a cycle, it's a spiral. Go ahead, put it in your notes. Say it out loud and put it in the chat. Put it in your notes, say it out loud, put it in the chat. Say it's not just a cycle, it's a spiral. It's not just a cycle, it's a spiral. It's not just a cycle, it's a spiral. One of the things you have to understand that's still true today. Sin traps people in a deadly cycle and spiral. Sin traps people in a deadly cycle and spiral. That's one of the reasons sin is so dangerous. God is against sin, not because he doesn't want you to have fun, because sin is dangerous. It, is a, it traps people in a deadly cycle and a spiral. I've heard it said about sin. Sin will always keep you longer than you want to stay, take you farther than you want to go, and pay, make you pay more than you wanted to pay. Sin traps people in a deadly cycle. 
there are also poor decisions that are not necessarily sins that trap people in a seemingly unending cycle. Yes, sin will trap people in deadly cycles, but there are also poor decisions, unwise decisions that trap people in other types of cycles. So this leads to reflection question number five. Is your life a continual cycle of things you do not like? Are you in a pattern that you cannot seem to break? Is there a specific sin or poor decision that is causing you to go through the cycle? I'm going to read that again. This is reflection question number five. Is your life a continual cycle of things you do not like? Are you in a pattern that you cannot seem to break? Is there a specific sin or poor decision that is causing you to go through the cycle? Reflection question number five. Is your life a continual cycle of things you do not like? Are you in a pattern that you cannot seem to break? Is there a specific sin or poor decision that is causing you to go through this cycle? The will of God is not for you to keep going through these cycles. The will of God is for you to have breakthrough. The will of God is for you to go forward. The will of God is for you to progress. The, word of God, the will of God is for you to possess the promises that he has for you. The will of God is for you to go forth and be a blessing and live in such a way that other people turn to Jesus. The will of God is not for you to keep going in cycles. That's not God's will for your life. I'll read this question for you again. Is your life a continual cycle of things you do not like? Are you in a pattern that you cannot seem to break? Is there a specific sin or poor decision that has caused you to go through this cycle? God does not want your life to be a tragedy like the book of Judges. So let me go over these reflection questions again as we close. Reflection question number four. Are there areas in your life where you're currently contained or limited because you're not doing as God instructed you to do? Reflection question number five, once again, is your life a continual cycle of things you do not like? Are you in a pattern that you cannot seem to break? Is there a specific sin or poor decision that is causing you to go through the cycle? As you consider these things, first let me pray for you. Father, I pray for every single person on the sound of my voice, watching live, watching via replay, listening in all the via platforms. I pray for them right now. I pray for you, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, a Father of glory, to give unto them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. I pray for the eyes of their understanding to be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling, that they'll know, that they have understanding, that they'll have insight concerning what's going on in their life, that they'll see what you have for them, but they'll see things that are causing them to be stuck. They'll see things that cause them to go in cycles. They'll see things that cause them to go in spirals. That they'll see what needs to be adjusted, things that need to be turned from, things that need to be repented from, better decisions that need to be made. I pray that you grant them insight, that you grant them the spirit of counsel and might, that they may see, that they may know and be strengthened to make the change, to break this cycle. I ask for your help to come upon them right now, your insight to come upon them right now, that anointing that removes burdens, that destroys yokes, that breaks cycles. I pray that it flows into their lives right now, through every single screen, every single device, every single earphone. I pray that it flows into them right now. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it strengthens you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the Metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at FCCGA.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You could also visit us on our social media pages on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook on YouTube. We love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast and then we have our daily devotional podcast which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in and remember something good is going to happen to you today so expect miracles. God bless.